You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. Leaving tertiary education and heading into the big bad world trying to find a job can be difficult to adjust to. It might be a lack of employment opportunities, not enough experience, or that hundreds of people are applying for the same job. In the gig economy, short-term and freelance jobs are on the rise and can be used as a stepping stone to build the career that you want. And that's where Callan Neesmith finds himself. Callan is currently working as an intern at a Melbourne-based digital agency and describes what he does as being an extra chef to help and support other designers where possible. The opportunity is great, but the real question is where does Callan want to take his career? In this episode, Callan discusses how education helped him transition into graphic design with confidence and what he hopes to achieve in the future. Okay, Callan, so we've spoken about your education. Now let's talk about your career. You're obviously in the very early stages of it. What are you currently doing as a job? Um, as a job, I'm doing an internship at a studio called Love and Money. And what's your official title there? What are the sorts of things you're doing? Well, intern, <laughs> but digital. <laughs> so everything everyone else doesn't want to do? Or? <laughs> <laughs> but um, a digital designer. And so what does that mean though? So you go in or you'll, you'll do it online? Yeah. What so sorts of tasks you're, you're taking up? At the moment, I'm doing a lot of branding. So a couple of clients have just come on with the studio. So I'm just like an extra chef around the kitchen for the, the other digital designers. And it's nice. It's moving into a place where I'm getting a bit more autonomy as well, which yeah. has been awesome. Okay. In terms of working with clients, what's uh, some of the things you're doing? Is it a lot of graphic design for social media posts? Or you mentioned branding in there. The agency is known as like a digital full stack agency, which means that they go from like the start of the brand, like building a brand, and then they'll go into the actual execution of it all the way to the dispatch and the development of it as well. So massive scope of work to do and so I sit in the zone of the like brand building and then the execution of it as well so a client could come to a studio like mine or like many of them in Melbourne or around Australia and say hey I've got this idea I've know what I want to do with it and then it's a matter of breaking down like how would that brand look how would that brand speak and then getting into the actual deliverables so like website building logos to be you know, old-fashioned colours and typography and things like that. How much of a say are you getting in the, the look and the feel of the brand? Because that's obviously very different to just the straight graphic design. Here's the colour palette, here's the, the font, here's a potential logo. So are you involved in that other side of things too? Yeah. The whole awesome thing about working in a studio has been like the collaboration element of it as well. No single idea comes from like one single person. It comes from someone's idea who someone else has iterated on and then the person who originally made the idea will come iterate on that and then you jump around until you need to get to the point where we've had all these like fantastic ideas we've built together. Let's exploit which idea we're going to like push from here. Yeah, so that sounds very similar to, to what you were doing at university then where it's um, you all sort of come in on a, on a task or a project and, and get the best result possible by all throwing your ideas in a hat and, and seeing what's best, right? Definitely the collaboration aspect of it. Something that I've learned that has become really clear to me is like the importance of being able to structure your creativity. The whole thing about there never being a single solution to something is that you could literally iterate on something for a decade if you wanted to because you're always going to come up with an idea that's better than the the one before or the you know 10 ideas before what i've learned how can you structure creativity in a way 
that means that you're going to give the client the best outcome at the end of it. Because at the end of the day, you're not a charity. People aren't giving you money. People are giving you money so you can do something else for them. <laughs> Absolutely. So, they are. Yeah. Has it always gone right or have there been mistakes along the way and how did you correct them? Well, I mean, I can dig into my freelance career a little bit. Freelancing meant that I was able to kind of take on projects just by myself. And yeah, definitely I've fell on my face and, you know, haven't come up with an outcome that I'm particularly proud of or the client's like very happy with as well. But it's not necessarily a bad thing, like learning to fall on your face and then get back up and know how you can do it better next time has been like a fantastic skill as well. How do you get back up? I mean, you've obviously experienced it. We all have. Um, yep. Is it just the resilient nature you've got or is there more to it than that? Probably comes down to the, the passion part of it as well. It's not the end of the world if someone doesn't like your particular creative vision with something as well. Everyone's going to have like a different perception of how something can look. So when you do get knocked over and you produce something that you're not particularly proud of, the client's not particularly proud of as well, and it doesn't go right, um, there's always room to either pull it back or you know for next project there's learnings to take from the previous one. I assume the process to discover whether they're happy or not or what needs to change about it is just a conversation you have between bite the, the bullet. client. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, Got to yep. bite the bullet eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough, yep. <laughs> So your focus at the moment is you're obviously doing the internship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got your freelance work as well. Do you want to continue with the freelance work or, or are you doing these two things in order to get to a particular place? Yeah, I definitely enjoy the freelance work, but I'm big on my goal setting. So I put it out as a goal at the start of my university that I want to work at a studio one day, not knowing exactly what kind of design work I would do, but I want to work at a studio. And now that I've been in a studio, I definitely enjoy being able to work with other people and not worry so much about all of the back-end businessy kind of stuff that comes along with doing work in the creative industry. We're certainly in the the gig economy. A lot of uh, people are doing what you're doing as well. There's freelance opportunities in different industries. Can you give some guidelines or some advice to people in a similar position to you who are coming through, who are thinking freelance is an option for me, but where do you go next when someone says, I I want a logo or I I want branding or whatever it might be, uh, in terms of pricing themselves out fairly, and so they're not underselling themselves, which quite often happens, what would you say? I think this is a battle for designers their entire career, really, is like, how much do you value your creative work at? And I think when you're just starting out, leaving high school and starting universities that you should be open to really just grabbing as much work as possible, regardless if it's going to be a big paycheck or a small one. Definitely don't do anything unpaid because it's bad for you and it's bad for the industry and newcomers who are going to be doing it 10 years after you when the expectation comes that creative work is free work. You should be open to taking as many jobs as possible and you're always going to benefit from doing work as opposed to waiting until you land the big studio gig at the end of your university career. How long do you think it will take to get that big studio job? In a a perfect world, you leave university and you go straight into a grad job at a studio. But the the reality is, is that, you know, getting a job at a studio is, is difficult. Studios aren't massive, you know, corporate buildings where they can take in massive loads of like interns and graduates and stuff is that you're going to need to be able to fight and put up a good case for it. So the more work you can do in university 
when you're still trying to understand where your skills lie, the better you'll be off. So pairing that back a little bit, you, you obviously want those opportunities later in life. You're going down the correct path now by doing internships, by freelancing. Are internships readily available or are they difficult to come by too? Personally, it took me a lot of punting to get one. You, you got to message around different studios. I know the studio I'm at has like a really good intern program. It's something that they've set up and structured so they're ready to take on interns. Whereas the studios I know of which have like three people who work at them. And for a three-person studio to take on an intern, it's not really viable for them financially. Getting an internship is definitely difficult. You've got to be able to plead a case. And that comes from doing all your work at uni and you're putting in the hard yards and also taking all the opportunities that come up freelance-wise and delving into a couple passion projects when you can. How do you create a portfolio for yourself. What are the sorts of things that need to be in there that you can hand over to someone, whether it's an internship or, a, or an employer, um, that's going to make you stand out from hundreds of other people who are doing the same thing? If you're going to encourage a place like a studio to hire you, they're not really interested in your beautiful pieces of artwork. They're going to be interested in like your soft skills. Like, How did you get from A to B as opposed to just saying B? They're going to want to know, like, how do you think creatively? How do you structure yourself creatively? So when it comes to building a folio, it's definitely worthwhile showing the story of how you started a project and then how you ended up finishing the project. Whereas if you want to show a client, for example, of like, I want to land this like job with them or this little project, definitely show them finalized pieces of art that are relevant to them. Obviously, Instagram is a channel that you're using to market yourself, but are you doing it anywhere else? Uh, Instagram is a great tool, given it's free as well. and <laughs> Always helps. Yeah, always helps. <laughs> and it also keeps you like accountable as well. You know, I love sharing my things with my friends and the random people who follow me and stuff. In this like day and age, the whole idea of having like a hard copy A2 folio is like completely out the window. Like you need to have a website, you need to have a digital presence and you need to have something that you can send to people quickly. Having yourself a website, whether it be pre-built with one of the website builders out there, or if you're going to you know, code it yourself or something, is like the perfect way to show people your skills. What about the future of your industry? Where do you think it's going? When I started the design, whole design degree and stuff, uh, it went from me thinking I would be a graphic designer, that was the only option, into so many different options and to the point of being overwhelmed with finishing university and thinking like, oh no, I need to like choose which route I want to take. I need to specialize in something. So I definitely see it expanding and it's going to expand in favor of like digital oriented design spaces, whether that be user interaction, user experience, and definitely like social media uh, has like a growing creative hub. The scope of creativity across these um, areas in like a digital space is like perpetually growing. There's no greater learning resource for someone, particularly our audience, than someone who has gone through it themselves, which is you. So what advice have you got for our listeners as they go from high school into university and university into a career? I guess just run at it as hard as you can, really. I definitely recommend, like, university has been a great networking tool for me and it's been great in building myself a bit of confidence. I just recommend just if you 
have a passion for it, you think you have a passion, there's no harm in trying. If you end up really enjoying it, you've found something that you could really do for the rest of your life. And if you don't like it, it's not the end of the world if you want to change your kind of career path or degree. What's the one thing you look back on in tertiary education, even high school, and think that has really taught me some valuable lessons for where you are at now? Definitely, it, it's come down to the people I've met along the way. The lecturers who I've made relationships with and my tutors at university and my high school viscom teacher is definitely someone who I idolize and building yourself mentors, not even like in the design space as well. I've worked in a bit more of like a marketing oriented job and I had someone who worked alongside me who I'm still in contact with and being able to look up to someone and then look back on it six months later and think of like, oh, I would have looked very differently if I never met that person or if I didn't pursue the things that they encouraged me to pursue. You mentioned earlier that you're you're all about setting goals. Here's one for you. In a perfect world, five years time, what would you have achieved? In five years' time, I will have wanted to work at at least a couple of studios. I will have wanted to work overseas, and my end goal is to own my own studio. And actually, one day, I'd love to, you know, captain a ship and have people who I can choose to work with and stuff and build like a little culture um, and have my own little design studio in Melbourne or wherever I may be in the world by that time. In terms of your career, those opportunities overseas, are they coming from a particular country? Yes. There is like an awesome design scene in London and a couple of European uh, countries as well. Definitely want to go over to uh, the UK and see what I can make of myself over there as well. There's like a big world out there. Absolutely, there is. And you're going to make the best of it. Well done, Callan. You're um, you're a credit to to what you're doing and I'm sure you've inspired a lot of our listeners and, and good luck for you in your future. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate it. Go for it and give it your all. But if you don't like it, it's not the end of the world. That's great advice from Callan Neesmith about entering into the early stages of your career. And by building connections with students, teachers and lecturers, Callan has started his career with confidence and opportunity. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series. Assault Studios production.